What's up? Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Tuesday, June 16th, 2015. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. The cup was handed out last night. And if you follow me on social media, which you should, at Danny Picard on Twitter, like me on Facebook, follow me on Instagram, it's also at Danny Picard. Um, you know I'm absolutely obsessed with the Stanley Cup, so I have to open today's show talking about what actually happened with the Stanley Cup last night. It, the Cup almost didn't make it to the building on time. Uh, and and they said this with about two minutes left in the game. Doc Emmerich said, well, the Cup is still not here. I'm going, what? Now, obviously, if if at that point you look at it, you say, hey, if the Blackhawks do hold on, you know, you get the celebration that they have for a couple minutes. You get the handshake. Um, you get everybody still celebrating. And then you roll it out. But so, so they did still have time to get it there. But I just don't understand why they wouldn't. They said the weather was an issue. And if you read the story that they have on ESPN.com, it's what I'm reading here. It says, the crew escorting the Stanley Cup to the United Center on Monday night amid road closures and flooding, was given a police escort for a trip that, according to a source, reached speeds of 100 miles per hour. Um, The Blackhawks, it says, the Blackhawks were anointed Stanley Cup champions when the buzzer sounded after a 2-0 win in Game 6 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. But there was one thing missing in the celebrations that immediately followed, the Stanley Cup itself. Now, first of all, that paragraph is completely fucking wrong because the cup was there the cup ended up making it on time so I really don't know what they're talking about um with that sentence apparently maybe the girl writing this story has never seen the cup handed out they don't just roll it out right away right they they get the build up especially when you win it at home you build this thing up you roll out the red carpet you announce ladies and gentlemen the Stanley Cup. Now, they, they ended up doing all these things. So this story doesn't really make much sense. But the, the real part of it is, it almost didn't make it on time. Almost. It made it. It almost didn't. If you read the story, you would think that it didn't show up at all. Uh, it did. So but then the third paragraph says, The vaunted trophy arrived fashionably late. Delayed by, the, by untimely detours that were a result of severe weather before the game. The source with knowledge of the situation said the crew escorting the cup to the facility left its hotel in the outskirts of Chicago at puck drop, but the commute was less than ideal. Uh, come on. Come on. They left at puck drop. They left at 8 o'clock. They left the hotel. Where, where was the hotel? In another state? I mean, I don't care how bad the weather is. You have a police escort. You leave at puck drop. And... You're still not there by 10.45? Come on. What was going on with the cup last night? There's another story that we need to hear. Why they were a little... Uh, wh- you know, Why they almost didn't make it on time. Now, again, this story's telling you that it was late. The last paragraph um, of this story, just I-, I don't understand. Here's what it says. This is ESPN.com. It says, The presentation of the cup and the Conn Smythe trophy, the latter of which was given to Blackhawks defenseman Duncan Keith, could not go on as initially planned. 
though both trophies were eventually awarded after a longer-than-expected wait. The Blackhawks spent the delay celebrating on the ice while NBC filled the time with interviews. Now, I didn't think there was any sort of crazy delay. I didn't. Now, we heard that the Cup hadn't been there yet. They probably, you know, once they show up, they can't just rip it out of the box and bring it out. Um, They got to shine that thing up a little bit, right? They got to shine it up. They give they announced the con Smythe. They brought it out. Um, what do they mean as planned? Like, what else are they gonna do? I am obsessed with the Stanley Cup. I see it given out every single year. I don't I didn't see anything. If you hadn't told me last night that the cup it, like if Doc Emmerich hadn't said that the cup was running a little bit late, right? With like at the three with three minutes left, two minutes left, he said the cop's still not in the building. Uh, if he hadn't said that, uh, and and now you see the celebrations after, and I see them take the con Smythe out, and I see them announce the Stanley Cup, and the two guys are carrying the cup, the cup holders, right? They come out with a cup, and they give it to Jonathan Taves or Gary Bettman, and they do their little thing, and Taves hoists it, and he hands it right off to Kimo Timonen. Oh, what a celebration. That thing, the Stanley Cup is the best trophy in sports. It's not even funny. It's, it, I mean, it's not even close. There's nothing close to it. But if you, if Doc Emmerich never told me that it was running a little bit late, I would have never known that that was the case. You read story, I'm reading stories online today. You thought the thing never was even handed out. It was. And I didn't notice much of a difference. Were they delaying with interviews? They always do interviews. P.A. McGuire do, doing interviews on the ice. Right after the game. I didn't notice that much of a delay. Uh, when they tell you about it, obviously, I guess when you think about it now, you're like, all right, there was a little, I guess they, I guess there was a little bit, but it wasn't anything crazy. They still did everything that they usually do. There was, they, they handed out the con Smythe first, they gave it to Duncan Keith, he went out and got it. They roll out the red carpet, the two cup holders bring out the Stanley Cup, Gary Bettman comes out, says congratulations, everybody boos him, but then he calls Chicago Blackhawks a dynasty, winning three cups in six years, which they are. Because that is an that is a special accomplishment that you know you don't see in in any sport. Never mind the sport that has the toughest trophy to win, which is the Stanley Cup. It is the toughest trophy to win, right? The most physically uh, demanding sport combined with the length of the playoffs and the season and and just it, it's crazy to hoist that Stanley Cup. What thirty thirty five pounds, right? Whatever it might be, when you lift that thing, I'm sure it feels like about 10. Honestly. Now, I've never hoisted it. I'd like to. I never have. Um, Maybe someday. All I do is hoist the inflatable cup. We have an inflatable cup. And I tweeted this out last night that four years ago from last night, the Bruins, the Boston Bruins won the Stanley Cup. And we pulled out this inflatable Stanley Cup. It's a funny story, actually. It came to the apartment. We, we, I ordered it online, and it came to the apartment. I was wondering where it was. I ordered it at the beginning of the series against Vancouver, Bruins Canucks, and it came the morning of Game 7. The morning of Game 7. I, I thought I jinxed it because I did inflate it that morning the minute I got it. I inflated it, and I, thought I, I really did think that I jinxed it. Um, 
but I didn't. The Bruins won, and we hoisted that inflatable cup. We took it across the street to L Street Tavern. We had, you know, all the boys were out. We, you know, we got a team picture with the inflatable cup like we just won the real thing. You know, we, we huddled around it like you see the Blackhawks all over it last night uh, with their team picture. We took that thing out for about two weeks, like everywhere. We took it down M Street Beach. We took it to the Atlantic Beer Garden. We took it downstairs in the afternoon one day. We took it up one night and a Saturday night on the roof deck. We, I have pictures on my phone of people and, and girls I don't even know that are hoisting the inflatable cup. It, it was crazy. I think we had more fun with the inflatable cup than the Bruins had with the real thing as they were prancing around the city. And it's funny because you can't just bring an inflatable toy into a bar, right? But we had an inflatable cup, and the, the people that work at the bus are like, oh, yeah, bring it in. Everybody loved it. And it's funny because people would make fun, they'd make fun of us doing that. And the minute that they were in the bar with the inflatable cup and they had a couple beers, they were the first person to be hoisting the thing, right, right over the head. Like, so, look, there's no other, is there a trophy that has an inflatable replica? Is there? The Larry O'Brien trophy in the NBA. They got an inflatable replica of that? I don't, I don't see one. And if they did, I wouldn't have it. How, would that be fun? <laughs> Walking around with an inflatable Larry O'Brien trophy? No. How about the Super Bowl trophy? Is, is there a Lombardi, inflatable Lombardi trophy? Running around? I don't see one. That would... With the Patriots winning as much as they do, I might be tempted to purchase that, but I've never seen one. Um, the wor- the, for, it probably would be impossible for an inflatable World Series trophy. That, that thing's dangerous, right? That, that's a dangerous-looking trophy. Um, I don't know how you'd have an inflatable one of that. So it's just this Stanley Cup, an inflatable Stanley Cup. It's unbelievable. And um, it's the best trophy in sports. I love to see it carried out onto the ice, and then the captain goes over, takes it, and hoists it. Uh, but, but you know, as much as I love the Stanley Cup, it's like every time I fucking turn around, Kane and Taves are hoisting it over their head. You know, maybe they could share the wealth a little bit, right? The Blackhawks, third Stanley Cup in six years. And, yes, they are a dynasty. Last night, the Blackhawks win game six in Chicago at the Madhouse. The Cup did show up. Uh, they win the game 2-0. Duncan Keith follows his shot, follows his rebound. Nice goal there. Patrick Kane finally got one in this finals late in that game. Uh, a one-timer. Nice shot. Uh, just didn't panic. Open net. Puts it in. Game over. 2-0 Blackhawks. Um, and, you know, it, 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 when I look at what Tampa Bay did, I, I have to immediately look at the goalie, Ben Bishop, a very severe, we're finding out, groin injury. Pete, remember we tried to figure out what that was? You said groin, hip flexor. That's what it was, groin. Right? He t- tore something in his groin. Torn groin muscles or something. I, I mean, still playing with that. Missed one game. Uh, had another game where he came out. But, you know, he battled. And the Lightning did battle. Uh, you know, that shot of Brian Boyle when he didn't win. It's tough to watch. As much as I love seeing the cup get dished out, you know, I was rooting for Brian Boyle to win that thing. Local kid. Uh, I was rooting for Tampa Bay. I hated seeing them put the 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 shot of it, the video shot of him um, tearing up there. You know, it's tough to watch. But uh, he'll be back, 
right? They're, they're, that's a good Tampa Bay team. It's a good Tampa Bay team. So, uh, and, and I don't look around the Eastern Conference and and say that, you know, they should be scared of all these other teams here moving forward. I don't. But if you do look to see what the uh, odds are to win the Stanley Cup next year, Blackhawks are the favorite. Blackhawks are the favorite. Why? Because they have Kane and Taves. Um, and and I got to give credit where credit's due. Corey Crawford made a couple big saves, monster saves last night. And for a guy that, and Patrick Kane, I heard him say afterwards, you know, Corey Crawford doesn't get a whole lot of credit. In fact, he gets knocked a whole lot. But you got to give credit where credit's due. He made some monster saves last night and even at points in times in this series. Uh, but the Blackhawks win it. They win the Stanley Cup. I love the cup. Love it. You know? I, I, and Pete, you ever lift the cup? You ever hoist the cup, Pete? Come on. I don't know. I mean, no, some people have gone not. to parties, and I don't know. I've kissed you know, it. We've... I've been in the pre- – I've hugged it. I've kissed it. I've actually been at parties with the cup. Um, again, you know my story. Brian Noonan, 94, from Southie. He brought it down. I mean, I was real young. My father's got pictures hoisting it. Uh, we, I just sat next to it, you know, taking pictures, kissing it. But And the Bruins won the cup. We ended up – you know, uh, shot a couple text messages out, got that thing in L Street Tavern in 2011. But we weren't hoisting it, right? We, we were taking pictures, kissing it. Um, but you never know. I don't know if, you, if you'd if you ever been in a spot where you were hoisting it. I think this was the year we were all hoping we were going to get the chance, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had a couple friends. Yeah. Hmm. How do I... Uh, this one hurt. Yeah. This one hurt. How to, how to really bring down the... <laughs> The mood here. We were close. I love the cup. How to bring down the mood, though. We were very close. Could be sitting right next to us right now. Uh, I know. Not right now, but maybe it could be like in a couple days. A couple days it could have been, yeah. That would have been nice. Maybe next year. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Uh, uh, One trophy we'll never hoist is the Larry O'Brien trophy. And that could be dished out tonight in Cleveland. NBA Finals continues game six. In Cleveland, goes back to Cleveland tonight if the Golden State won game five in Golden State. Steph Curry went out and just took that game from the Cavaliers late in the fourth quarter. And that was the Steph Curry game a lot of people uh, had been really waiting for, where he's hitting those crazy shots that if anybody else even took those shots, you know, you say, that's what are you doing shooting that? That's a stupid shot, but not Steph Curry. Um, he's going to hit those, and he hit those in game five. Golden State Warriors lead this series three games to two. I think the Cavaliers are going to have this tonight. I think they give Mozgov more than nine minutes, so I think he scores more than nine points. Excuse me, zero points in nine minutes. He does more than that. And, uh, you know, I, I think that Cleveland gets that another monster game from, LeBron, from LeBron, but with Mozgov's production and maybe some shots from J.R. Smith uh, and a little offensive production from uh, from Delhi and even James Jones, I think Cleveland will win tonight in their own building. They'll force a game seven. And that game seven will be on Friday. But uh, I will recap this t- on tomorrow's show. However, um, Cavaliers are four and a half point dogs. So I would take them. I do think they're going to, I do feel very confident they're going to force a game seven in this one. But last night on Monday Night Raw, you know, you get Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is the WWE champ. I told you what happened on Money in the Bank two nights ago. He beat Dean Ambrose there in the ladder match 
at Money in the Bank. WWE World Heavyweight Championship hanging from the rafters. Set, they, they both kind of went up and grabbed it, and they both fell at the same time, but Seth Rollins fell with it in his arms. Um, you know, uh, I, I wasn't completely buying into Seth Rollins when he first came up, right? When they first gave him a push. But now that he is the guy and he's got the title and he's got the mic and he comes out and he opens up Raw and he's by himself now too, he's not with the authority, uh, he's great. I think he's the best in the biz. In the ring, on the mic, uh, they made the right decision with him. But he's the champ now and they were in Cleveland last night for Monday Night Raw. And uh, he took a couple shots because Johnny Manziel was in the crowd. Johnny Manziel, quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. He was in the crowd, front row. Celebrities love to, you know, pro athletes, celebrities, they love to go to Raw. They love to be seen. Uh, Pay-per-views, Raw, front row, if it's in their city. Obviously, we know Manziel, Cleveland, uh, and we know that the Cavs are battling for an NBA title right now. Um, But Seth Rollins opens up Raw last night. He gets in the ring, and he took his shots at the city of Cleveland. Here it is. Take a good look, Cleveland. Take a good look. Because this is what a world championship looks like. Hell, Johnny Idiot Face over there is never going to bring you a title. LeBron James ain't bringing a title back to Cleveland. This is the only championship you should be celebrating. So soak it up, because I am leaving this piece of crap town, and I am taking this title with me. (laughs) Seth Rollins, Johnny Idiot Face, he calls me. Guess what? Manziel was not happy with this, by the way. He He was a little uncomfortable. You know, I get, yeah, he laughed a little bit, but then they went back to the camera on him, and he, he kind of had a look on his face like, that's kind of, that's kind of fucked up. I'm just showing up here, and, uh, we're, that's where we're going with it. All right. Um, but, you know, it is obviously all fun and games, WWE. Uh, but that was, you know, that, that's good. You can, if you didn't see the end of Raw, which I didn't, I was watching the Stanley Cup be given to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, Brock Lesnar came out and returned to the WWE, and he's going to fight Seth Rollins now. So, Brock Lesnar, and he had a great t-shirt on last night. Suplex City, uh, Cleveland, and it said Cleveland, Ohio. It was a great t-shirt. But, um, he is, Brock Lesnar's back, and that's where it gets, that's where it gets good. So, that's, Brock Lesnar really is, the, I said that Seth Rollins is the best, thinking that Brock Lesnar is really no longer around. I know he re-signed with the WWE, but he's not a full-time guy. He's a part-time guy with full-time pay, as he told you on ESPN before WrestleMania. And when he does, when he comes back, he is the best in the biz. But when he's away and Seth Rollins is the champ, Seth Rollins really is uh, the best in the business. So that's what you had going on last night. You had the cup given out. You had Seth Rollins shitting all over Cleveland on Monday Night Raw. Uh, And you also had the Boston Red Sox shitting all over themselves once again. Seventh straight loss for the Red Sox last night. They were still at home. They lost to the Atlanta Braves. Um, 
Rick Porcello on this one. Six and a third, six hits, four runs, walked one, struck out five. Through 97 pitches, he gets taken out in the seventh because uh, he lets up a hit. Then he walks a guy, then he hits a batter, loads the bases. John Farrell comes out, takes him out, right decision. Porcello goes to the dugout, throws his glove down the tunnel before he's even hit the steps of the dugout yet, throws his hat down the tunnel. The funny part about all that was he almost hits Wade Miley. Wade Miley was walking up the tunnel as this was going on. Um, somebody should throw something at Wade Miley, the way he reacted last Thursday night, showing up the manager in the dugout when he was taken out. And he, for some crazy reason, thought he was pitching well when he actually sucked. So Porcello kind of flips his shit. The Red Sox are flipping their shit behind the scenes because Dustin Pedroia is, you know, he answered a quest, couple questions yesterday, and he basically says, we're not listening to the media, this, that, the other thing. All right, I was going to play, we were going to play the audio, and then I'm like, just, it's not even good audio. We're making, people are making a big deal out of it. It's, I'm just, look, it, it, as much as I don't like to hear any Red Sox players or Dustin Pedroia talk about the media, at the same time, the media's always in their clubhouse, and the more this team loses, the more they have to answer questions about it, but there's really no more answers they can give. The only thing the Red Sox can do right now is go out and win and go out and try to turn this thing around on the field, which I've told you I don't think is going to happen. And, and even if there is a player in that clubhouse like a Dustin Pedroia who in his head looks around the clubhouse and says, wow, we do suck, we're really not going to turn this thing around this season, he's not going to turn around and say that in public. That would be stupid. So he can only these guys can only answer questions about this losing skid, about this losing team, about this losing season, so much, right? There's only so many more things that they can say. Eventually, something was going to come out about somebody being unhappy with how the media was talking. You know what? When he says media, he's probably talking about people like me who are on WEI and doing the Red Sox postgame shows, you know, right after... We're the Red Sox radio network. We play the game on our station... I'm on all weekend long just shitting all over all over them because they suck. And, you know, I'm sure a couple of those guys, as they're driving home, tune in and hear me shitting all over the team. But guess what? You deserve it because you suck. You can't win. So while I don't like hearing you talking about the media like that and, and being upset with people shitting on you, I understand that there's only so many more ways you can answer these questions. The questions keep coming, and the results aren't changing. So it is. it probably would drive me crazy if I'm a player, too, where I probably would snap on the media a little bit. I don't know that Pedroia snapped on the media yesterday, though, before the game. I'm not going to call it that, right? I mean, I just, I just I don't really like Pedroia's comments anyways. If, you know... I even tell you the story when I covered this team, right? I covered for Comcast Sportsnet. I, I was a reporter. And basically, I was a reporter for all the teams. I was still getting my foot in the door in the business. But I did it for like four or five years with Comcast Sportsnet. And I was for all the teams in Boston. I was like the second man in. You know, they had their main beat writers. Sean McAdam for the Red Sox. Tommy Curran for the Patriots. Joe Haggerty for the Bruins. A. Sherrod Blakely for the Celtics. I didn't do as much Celtics as everything else. Uh, but I, I, I did do some. I filled in for practices here and there. Um, but, you know, did a lot of Red Sox, and I was in the clubhouse one day, and, and yeah, I, I was in the clubhouse a lot. And I've been able to see 
Other people react to Pedroia's loud mouth in there on that team. And it's ne- it hasn't always been good, okay? <laughs> it hasn't always been like, oh, wow, we love this guy. Right? It's not. And if you're the outside looking in, I always thought it was like that, but it's not. You know, there was one time Pedroia was looking up at the TV, and he was looking at a highlight of something of, of a pitcher that let up a home run because before the games they show highlights on loop of the pitcher they were about to face and they show the counts, and they show the pitch he throws, miles per hour, and they just show the pitch, and then it, to the next pitch, to the next pitch, to the next at-bat. It's just on loop, that pitcher. Pedroia's looking up, and a guy hits a home run off him in his previous at-bat, and Pedroia puts his hands in the air, and he's like, looks, he looks over at the pitches. A couple of the relievers um, are sitting on the couch, and he looks over at him, and he goes, when I hit a home run today, this is how I'm going to celebrate. And he puts his, like, flexes. And he's, like, yelling over across the clubhouse. And, and the relievers don't laugh. They looked at each other. You know, two of them turned and looked at each other. And then looked back at him and didn't say anything. Almost as if they were thinking to themselves, would you shut the fuck up? Like, honestly, that's, I'm like, I started, in my head, I'm laughing. Because I'm going, wow, that is not the reaction I expected to see out of anyone on that team to the comment Padre was making. It wasn't outrageous. He wasn't making outrageous comment. But I think it was just more of like, oh, man, stop. Enough. You know, one day I'm down there, and Pedroia turns around in his seat, and he goes, took to me. You know, there's a bunch of media in there. He goes, hey, who the fuck are you? I'm like, looking, I'm looking behind me. I'm going, is he talking to me? What is this guy? Is it really? Like, what? Right? And, he, and I, I go, me? He's like, yeah, who the fuck are you? I go, uh, Danny Picard. He goes, who the fuck do you work for? I go, Comcast Sportsnet. And, like, I said it to him in a way, like, all right, really? Like, we, like are you serious? I, I was pissed are off. Are we going to do this? Like, I was mad. I was, like, Comcast Sportsnet. And, like, I don't know that he expected me to say it like that. And so he immediately turns, and, like, there's some fucking nerd standing next to me. And he's like, who the fuck are you? Like, and, the, you know, I, I mean, I wish the kid took the pencil and threw it right in Pedroia's face. But I stopped paying attention after that. Uh, and, and to be honest, I stopped paying attention to him after that, too, after a couple of those things. So, I mean, I'm not – the last thing I really want to do here, I'm, you know, I'm excited about seeing the Stanley Cup last night. I love the Stanley Cup. It, it really does um, put a smile on my face. If you want me to now start playing Dustin Pedroia audio talking about the media? Please, give me a break. The one thing – here's the deal. We can't sit here and shit on Pedroia's game, right, because he's one of the only guys that shows up and plays. Two for three last night, Pedroia. He's hitting 313. Pedroia on the field is an animal. He's an animal. And and I, I there's nobody that I want in my leadoff spot right now other than Dustin Pedroia. You can't take him out of there. This is, I mean, honestly, it's always like this with Pedroia. When I say that stuff about him running his mouth off the field, like, whatever. Like, that stuff still shouldn't affect anything that goes on with this team on the field, and obviously nothing that he says affects him. I mean, he's always producing. Pedroia's always producing. and But but that's really what we need to get back to. We can't sit here and be like, oh, Pedroia's, uh, what's he saying about the media? Who cares what Pedroia's saying? You know what we should do? We should probably stop, in fairness to Pedroia, we should probably stop asking him questions. I know people say, well, the captain's got to answer to this. Somebody, Somebody's always got to answer to something, right? But the, the, the only way that this Red Sox team can give us answers is if they start winning. And that's just not going to happen. 
because they fucking suck. Alright? They do! Uh, they suck! And Wade Miley's in the mound tonight. I have no idea what he's going to give you. He probably should do everything that he can to, to, to give you seven innings of one run ball. Because, you know, he embarrassed himself last Thursday night. He embarrassed himself. And if we're going back to this thing being all about production and forget what's said off the field, in the dugout, in the clubhouse, then go out and produce. Put everything aside. Go out and do your job. The New England Patriots just got Super Bowl championship rings the other day, which are un- the biggest rings that I- they've ever made, right? For championships, they've said. Uh, I'm not kidding. That's really what it was. The biggest rings ever made. The biggest championship rings ever made. And on the side, it says, do your job. On the side of everyone's ring. Do your job. The Red Sox should think about that phrase for a second. And start being concerned about everybody doing your job. Okay? Um, but, But again, you know... There's only so much that these guys can do. They just don't have the talent. And that's why I always come back to this is on the GM, right? You you know, this is a GM, general manager's issue. The talent you put on this team is not good enough to win. They're not. And if they win tonight, they'll probably lose when they go to Atlanta tomorrow night. Today's game is at 4 o'clock. I'm actually on WEEI later tonight, 10 to midnight. Make sure you tune in. Um, But listen. I mean, here's the one thing that I will tell you the Red Sox need to stop doing when it comes to, you know, chirping and talking. Look, if you want, if the media's in your face, you want to explain, talk about the media, go ahead. Again, like I said, I don't think what Pedroia did yesterday was, was that crazy. I don't think it's, con- if you read the quotes, you might get fired up, but then you have to, you have to go listen to them, right? You have to listen to the question that's asked. You know, in general, like I said, when Pedroia talks about anything, I'm almost like, whatever, dude, right? Like, dude, I know that you produce. I like you as a baseball player. I don't necessarily like you as a communicator for anything. So, but, but I love you as a ball player. And honestly, that's all we're asking him to do. And we cannot ask Pedroia to do any more than he's doing. He's, he's the only guy here that's showing up. I mean, all right, Bogots is showing up too. We'll give Bogots some credit. Bogots hit a home run last night. Um, he's hitting 289, uh, but you know, Betts had three hits last night, but still, I mean, you know, this is right now a situation in which Pedroia, he's, he's the guy, Pedroia's your guy, top dog in, in this lineup on this team. So he can only do so much on the field, but when it comes to off the field stuff, guys chirping, guys talking, blaming the media, whatever. Here's one thing I hate. And one thing that needs to stop with this Boston Red Sox team. You want to know what that is? You want Pete? You want to know what it is? Do you have? Can you have a guess? Do you have any guess what you think I'm gonna say right now? I, I'm trying to figure out if people are on the same page as me. There's not. You don't have anything. I hope it's not stop at the bobblehead nights. No, because I, I feel like the more bobbleheads we get, the worse. No. Get. Well, are we missing one? We're missing one though. We have. We just got Napoli. We got Pudge. We got Pedroia. We got Tian. We have Pedro. We got Wally. We got Fen- replica Fenway. Are we missing one? We got or- we got Ortiz's head. <laughs> yeah, I come into head. the studio one day, his head sitting there. And there was where's a note. his body? There was a note. Though, there was too. a note. Yeah. <laughs> where's the rest of Where's the rest of Ortiz? I have no idea. Hmm. Is there a Manny Ramirez bobblehead 
Did they ever do that? I don't remember them ever doing this all, to this extent. All these bobbleheads? Yeah. Well, they did, the, you know, the, this. Look, I, if they have a Manny Ramirez bobblehead, we got to get our hands on that. In fact, they should just have Manny Ramirez bobblehead night. They should just do it. I mean, they, I tweeted last night. They should just stop doing crazy shit at Fenway. Uh, crazy than they already do. They should let me run wiffle ball tournaments at Fenway all year instead of having this team come out and, and try to win baseball games. Might be more entertaining based on some of the things that have happened at the wiffle ball tournaments that I've run in the past. Um, the entertainment value is, could be off the charts at Fenway. You know, it could t- it would turn into fight night at Fenway. Um, but... Anyways, I don't know where I was going. Oh, here's where I'm going. Here's the one thing the Red Sox need to stop doing. Ready? They need to stop telling us that they're having team meetings. It's like, hey, um, uh, John, can uh, skip John Farrell? Can you can you talk about uh, the seven game losing skid and what you guys need to do to? Um, turn this ship around. Yeah, well, you know, um, we had a team meeting last night, again, and, you know, we got everyone together, and we basically had to sit down and talk about what we're doing wrong. Nobody, nobody in that clubhouse has given up on this team. Nobody. We, we, we're all together, 25 guys, one goal. But we did have a team meeting last night, and, you know, we'll continue to have team meetings, and I'll continue to let you know about them. It's, it's driving me crazy. I, th- you don't need to tell me that you had another team meeting. Like, like the last meeting they had, we knew, it, we knew so much about the meeting. We had specifics. They gave us specifics on the meeting. Like, who we, we knew the six players that were in the meeting. We shouldn't know that. Okay, so when when someone like Pedroia does want to come out and talk about the media, um, you know, that's almost a better answer to these questions than than these guys than someone coming out and telling us that they held a team another team meeting like like they're trying to go out of their way to tell us, well, here's what we're doing behind the scenes to try and fix this enough. It's not about. This isn't about behind the scenes anymore. This is the on the scene. The thing that we all see is the thing that's going wrong. And that's on the field during the games. I don't care how many team meetings you have. The more you tell me about the team meetings, the less you win me over as a group. The more frustrated I get. Like, whenever I hit, whenever you hit team meeting, you know, if you want to, if you do one meeting, right, you got a team, you, you hear this one meeting a year. That's fine. But when you, ha- when you start having you know, three, four team meetings in a season and we're not even to the all-star break yet, there's a major issue here. And, you know, it, it, it makes me completely dislike this group. Not, not that I like this group based on how they're playing on the field. But now we get into, okay, you know, characters, clubhouse, clubhouse issues. I mean... They don't need to tell us about the team meetings, is my point. That doesn't do anything for me. That, shouldn't, that doesn't do anything for the fans. It's, it's, it's actually more concerning. I think they think 
they're doing themselves a favor by defending themselves, by making it look like behind the scenes, they're doing everything they can do, by telling us that they're having these team meetings. The more team meetings you keep telling me you have, the more I think this is an absolute fucking clown show that just can't be controlled, okay? So you want to have, look, have team meetings, have them. But stop telling us about it. It, that doesn't do anything for me. It, stop telling us about the team meetings because when you tell us about the team meetings, you make your team look stupid. You make your team look more foolish than it already looks when we watch you guys play on the field. All right? I don't need to know about any more team meetings. But you know they're going to have a couple more. You know they will, and you know they're probably going to let us know about it. Now, uh, the Padres, they fired their manager, right? Padres fired their manager, um, and and people are wondering when when John Farrell's going to get fired, right? I, again, as I told you, I don't think firing Farrell is the answer or is like you know the thing that's going to turn this around. Or well, I don't think he's the the reason that this team finds themselves today, uh, nine games out of first place in the AL East in last place, eleven games under five hundred. It's not John Farrell's fault. It's the player's fault. It's the lack of production. It's the really the lack of talent that this group has. You know, last night what's frustrating to me, and I've tried to defend Pablo Sandoval many times, is that he doubles, okay, in this game, and the minute he gets to second base, you know, he's go- doing this with his hand. He's looking for the baseball because it's his 200th double. Like, that was in his mind as he's up at the plate. You know, that's that. And And look, I get that milestones in baseball are huge, and this isn't the first time a guy's wanted the baseball. In fact, it's pretty normal for a guy to want a baseball for a milestone and a major accomplishment like that. It is. But it's just a bad look right now on a team that can't do anything right, and especially for a player that has cost this team ball games. okay? He's on second base. He wastes no time before he even can think to himself, wow, I just put myself in scoring position for this team, maybe help us get a couple runs. He's tapping the shortstop for the Braves on the shoulder who just took the relay throw in, and he's saying, can, can I keep that baseball? Because this is my 200th double. It's a terrible look. Now, I, as much as I defended Pablo Sandoval, when this first happened and I first saw this, I was pissed. I was pissed. But then you sit back. Uh, you take a look at it, and you say, hey, uh, as bad as that might have looked, he still doubled. <laughs> he went two for four. Uh, he had two doubles in this game. If, you know, when we complain about him being selfish, well, he's being selfish while doubling. I, I guess that's not a terrible thing, right? Sandoval with a run scored in this game last night as well. Uh, it starts to make me think maybe more guys should get selfish. <laughs> Maybe more guys should be selfish to the point where they want themselves to succeed, right? Where they're not thinking about anybody else, and they're just thinking about themselves, and they're at bat. And if that's going to motivate, motivate. But, uh, you know, I could only get so worked up about that because then I sit back and say, okay, that was selfish, that looked bad, especially this player on this team in this moment. But at the same time, what are we looking for? We're looking for production, right? You know, I'm, I'm looking for production. And Sandoval produced last night. So, 
you know, you, you can only, you really can only criticize the guy so much. We're not at this whip because to me, again, we're past the point of like wanting to like attitudes and character. It's this is step up to the plate, put it in the gap, send one back to the wall, put one in the seats, get some runs for your pitching staff. Or if you're a pitcher, step on the mound. Don't look, you know, don't give, don't spot a team three, four runs in the first couple innings. Don't do that. You know, four runs in, don't fall behind three nothing before your team can even go through the order once. Don't do that. You know, do your job. Do your job. That's what the Red Sox need to focus on. And, hey, you know, I can only get so worked up about a guy who looks selfish asking for the baseball when the reason he's doing it is because he's actually on second because he produced. I'm, ax- I'm asking for production. If that's going to drive you to produce, then, then so be it. But right now, the Red Sox in last place, nine games out, and tonight it'll be Wade Miley on the mound, and it, actually 4.05 Eastern time. They go to Atlanta for two games. Tomorrow, Joe Kelly on the mound at 7.10. Um, against the lefty Alex Wood, and then Buckholtz on Thursday night in Atlanta against righty Shelby Miller. And then the Red Sox go to Kansas City uh, for a weekend series. So whatever happens in this Red Sox game later today, I will talk about it tomorrow, probably close out the show with it tomorrow because I'll probably open tomorrow with some NBA final thoughts. Tonight is game six. LeBron James, who calls himself the best player in the world, he's right. I know we don't want to hear him say that, but he's right. Uh, the Cavaliers will win tonight. They will force a game seven. That's that's my take on how I see this thing playing out. And then, you know, it brings me to that poll question that I had. Brings me to that poll question that I, I've left on my website, dannypicard.com, for a couple weeks now because I have seen this coming. This was going seven games. If you get a game seven here in the NBA Finals, who would you rather have, Steph Curry or LeBron James? It's a legitimate argument. It's a legitimate discussion. I just, there's, even though Steph Curry was hitting those shots that he was hitting in game five at the end of that game to, to just rip that game out of the Cavaliers' hands, right, and pull away with it, nail in the coffin type shots, you know, I still, I wouldn't be able to take somebody else other than LeBron James. I, I wouldn't in that game seven. And if you go to Golden State and there is a Game 7, I'm telling you right now, I, I'm, I'd probably put my money on, on the Cavaliers. I would. Can, I would put my money on the Cavaliers. But I told you, the Cavaliers, just because Golden State's going small does not mean that, that you know, Blatt, David Blatt should be messing with anything. you got to get Mozgov out there. Get Mozgov, Thompson, dominate the paint. Hope that when J.R. Smith gets his minutes, he can hit his shots. Hope that when James Jones gets his minutes, he can hit his shots. Hopes that Delhi can make a couple of those floaters, hit a couple threes, and LeBron James can take over a game late, drive to the basket, and uh, give you 40 and maybe close to a triple-double once again and force a game seven. I think that will happen. I think you'll see that type of performance from the Cavaliers tonight. They are not going to go down without a fight. And if they continue to put up a fight and force a game seven, I, I have a tough time putting my money against LeBron James uh, when it comes to who's going to win this fight ultimately and hoist that Larry O'Brien trophy. Pete, you haven't searched for a Larry O'Brien inflatable trophy, have you? 
No, I did. And I did that earlier. Do you get anything? No, can't find Nothing. anything. Nothing. How about Lombardi? Nope. Nothing? The only thing I can find is the giant ones. The ones that they have like outside of stadiums and stuff. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. the only thing that comes up. That you need like machines yeah, to blow to, up. To blow up. Yeah. yeah, we're not gonna get those. Those aren't fitting. Those aren't fitting in here. I can't fit that in my living room. Um, it's only fun because you can hoist it, right? And the way you hoist the Stanley Cup is different than anything that you lift. Like you don't take the Larry O'Brien Trophy, turn it on its side, and hoist it like that. You don't take the World Series Trophy, hoist it on its side. I mean, you'll cut your hands. Thing looks sharp at the top. And hoist it. You hold it from the bottom. It just looks stupid. Uh, the the Lombardi trophy. You grab under the football, right? Like kind of the top of it, and you just lift it up like that. It's the second coolest trophy is probably the Lombardi trophy. Second coolest. After that, um, you know, see, here's the problem with the Larry O'Brien trophy in the NBA. Whenever they Whenever they give that out, it's like nobody cares about that trophy. They give that trophy out before they give out the MVP trophy. It's stupid. Like, you didn't see Duncan Keith skating around with the Conn Smythe last night, like, over his head. You know what I mean? Like, that's he took the Conn Smythe, and he goes, uh, great. Here, somebody take that. And what they do is, Duncan Keith is going to do, did a press conference after, and they take the Conn Smythe, someone on the team, media relations, someone for the league, and they bring it into the press conference room and they put it on the stand because Duncan Keats, the first guy that probably talks, and, and they, they set his stand up. He's going to sit there next to the Conn Smythe. It's not like he takes the thing out to the desk. They, they put that out there for him. You don't see Duncan Keats skating around with the Conn Smythe. He puts it away. He's waiting for the cup. NBA, it's like complete opposite. As much as I love the NBA Finals, you know, they give out the Larry O'Brien Trophy, the, M- the NBA championship. And then they say, and now, your MVP of the NBA Finals. And they'll give that. And that guy will be hoisting the MVP trophy the whole celebration. It's like, dude, that's not the trophy. That's the MVP. That's, that's not the right. You got the wrong one. Okay? And it's not like it's a better trophy, but that's just the way... It worked. The Stanley Cup, it's a different, it's just a, it's a different type of trophy, man. It really is. Different type of trophy. And that's why it's so special. And I love to see it handed out. It was handed out last night. Congratulations to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Kane, Taves, they win another cup. Are they done? I mean, they're a dynasty. I mean, you, you repeating is awful tough. It's awfully tough. Um, but in two years, if the Blackhawks are back in this situation, are you going to be surprised? You know, if the 2017 Stanley Cup is being hoisted by Jonathan Taves, are you going to be surprised? I know I'm not. I know I'm not. And apparently Vegas isn't either because Blackhawks are already still the favorite to, to win it next year. So Blackhawks win the cup. Congrats to them. Red Sox still suck. Congrats to them, too. Here five days a week, dannypicard.com. Make sure, by the way, you go listen to Jack Eichel yesterday. He was in studio. It's funny. Some you get comments on Twitter like, oh, Jack Eichel, he, he hates the questions about going to the NHL. Like, like, what do you want me to do? If he was sitting here and I didn't ask him, you'd be fucking tweeting me saying, you don't ask him if he's going to the NHL? 
For all I knew, he was going to tell the world yesterday that he was going to the NHL. I have a feeling he's going to tell the world that soon, but he's not ready to yet. We'll, we'll see. He's going to get drafted number two overall to the Buffalo Sabres. And he tell, told me yesterday on the show that he's going to reveal his decision to the world probably in the day or two after the draft. Right? So, when we get that news, we'll let you know. You can tune in right here, dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, tune in anywhere that you can get a podcast. Follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. Like me on Facebook, Instagram, all forms of social media. Tonight, I am on WEEI 93.7 FM from 10 p.m. to midnight. Catch me then and then back here tomorrow. See ya.